An industry under pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. All right, folks, I am looking at the Wonderground weather app on my trusty iPad Pro. Um, and, you know, I don't know if there's any, any other Wonderground fans out there. I'm, I'm a, I, I, now, admittedly, Wonderground is not uh, as good as it used to be before, uh, before the Weather Channel bought them out. But it's, I, I still like it better. I get better information, I feel like. And, and those of you who listen regularly know that I'm, I'm kind of a weather buff. And uh, I feel like I, I get better. I can really understand what's going on better when I look at Wonderground. But in, in this particular case today, I really don't need sophisticated information. All I really need to see is that it is 34 degrees outside and it's 3.40 in the afternoon in Houston, Texas. And uh, 34, th- so <laughs> so for those of you in other countries, that that's like one degree in, in your language. That's just hovering above, uh, above freezing. And um, which is just way too cold. It's just it's too cold. However, the amusing thing right now is that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of panicking going on here in South and Central Texas because you know some of you may recall last year we had this big freeze that everybody else made fun of us because our power went out. And, and but the thing you have to understand is that was that was a that was like a once in a hundred years type of thing. The 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 temperature was was well below freezing. It was it was like nine degrees. Fahrenheit. I don't even know what that is in Celsius. Um, below zero. Um, that like that doesn't happen here, um, and it stayed cold like that for multiple days and nights. So it's really uh, an exceptional situation. Much like when we have fifty-seven inches of rain from Hurricane Harvey. Uh, yes, we have hurricanes. Do they usually produce that much rain? No, but it conditions the population to uh, to, to behave in certain ways. When like I don't know if it's like PTSD or what, but right now people are freaking out. Uh, kind of around South, you know, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas area, um, and they're buying the water off the shelves, and you know you can't get into the grocery stores. And it, and we have. I mean, I hate it when it's thirty-four outside, but nonetheless, this happens every year. Like it's it's not unusual for us it's for a cold front to come down across the plains, and 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 it bullies our warm Gulf air, and and we have freezing weather. Uh, it happens every year, uh, but for some reason, and and usually nobody worries about it, but now they do. And so uh, I guess this is the new this is the new thing for us. We're gonna if if the weather starts to approach freezing, even for even even for a day, uh, we're gonna we're gonna buy all the water off the shelves and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's what's happening. The same thing happens now ever since Hurricane Harvey. If it, if it rains a lot, then, you know, people get a little bit jumpy. So anyway, that's what's going on here. The other thing that's going on here is I'm about to, uh, um, well, hold on. Yes, I am drinking coffee um, because at, at 3.40 in the afternoon because <clears throat> Excuse me. It is it's cold outside, and uh, and it's cold. It's a little bit chilly inside too, to be honest with you. So anyway, uh, pardon the coffee break. But uh, 
what am I going to do? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get out of the way and let you listen to this conversation with Kayla. Kayla Ball, uh, who's kind of an old friend of mine. And in fact, it's it's been a, I've had a run of old friends on the show, the show here lately. I hope everybody's enjoying that. Uh, it was uh, Scott Sempton back in January. And then last week was Ration Tulsi and Kayla now. Um, these are all, um, you know, the friends. These are, these are professional friends. These are people that I've known for a long time. And they always have great things to say. They have good insights. M- most importantly, maybe we also have kind of a good time when we talk. And so, uh, so Kayla's here. Uh, t- well, she's not here today because... I- Obviously, I've recorded this this part later, but she's on the show. Um, but there's a more interesting thing going on uh, with Kayla and OGGN right now, and I can tell you a little bit about it because you're going to hear this if you're listening. To, if you're keeping up, if you're keeping up with your listening, as you should be, then you're going to hear this uh, episode during the week of March, of March, not March, of February seventh, and just about a month after that, on March third, uh, I think I think I got that right is um is going to be the debut the first episode of a new uh yeah I guess nowadays we call it a, a it's like a video podcast or a live stream show um you know it's a it's a TV show if you ask me but it it's going to be uh, it's a new new production from OGGN it's called OGGN unscripted so that kind of tells you a little bit about <laughs> what it's going to be like. And lo and behold, Kayla is going to be my co-host. She and I will be hosting this. It's it's going to be monthly to start with. We're going to see how it goes. Hopefully you all like it. Maybe we could do it more frequently than monthly. But um, Kayla will be the co-host. And and in the episode, and, and we'll, we'll always have a couple of guests on, and and it is going to be unscripted, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about probably a wide array of things. There's also going to be some some other kind of uh, I should say extracurricular activities that are kind of woven into the format of the show. It'll be an hour, and um, so so you, you don't want to miss this. You definitely just keep keep follow OGGN on LinkedIn, and 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 you won't miss it. Uh, but there, but there's another interesting thing about Kayla besides being the co-host is you're going to hear. So in the episode that you're about to listen to, you're going to hear us talk about how she and her company, Validir, have are just moving into a new office. Um, and that office is what turns out is where we're going to be. That's going to be the, the, so there's going to be a, set, a piece of this office that is the set for our new show because she's got plenty of space and she's very generous. And she said, why don't we just set this up as kind of a cool area over here? This is where we can set the show. So we went out there with the crew a couple of days ago with the video and the audio guys and and everybody and and our, our and literally our line producer. And we took a look and we said, you know what, this is going to be great. And so, so when you're listening to today's episode and you hear me uh, and, and, and you hear me say that Kayla, because she's been on the show so much, she's like a regular contributor and, and she's moving into a new office. It's, there's a little foreshadowing. There's, there's some foreshadowing in today's show. And very soon you're going to be able to see all that come together in OGGN unscripted. So besides, uh, besides today's program, uh, mark your calendars for, it's going to be March 3rd. If if that's a Thursday, if, if March 3rd is a Thursday, then I got the right day and it'll be at three o'clock in the afternoon central time. So, um, you can translate that into whatever your uh, time zone is, and uh, and our first guests, uh, uh, and so Kayla's going to be on. Ration's going to be on as well, who I just mentioned a few minutes ago, and uh, and I believe we're going to have the famous John Gibson uh, from. Uh, uh, the oil and gas uh, executive celebrity stardom, John Gibson, who was um, at one time president of Halliburton and, and then ran Paradigm and then uh, Tudor Pickering, and he's now CEO of Flota. Anyway, if, if you've been in the industry for a long time, you've gone to any events, you've probably heard John speak. He's a great friend of OGGN, so we're going to have him in the mix too. Uh, there may also be uh, some other, like I said, there's going to be um, 
uh, there's gonna, just going to be some surprises. There's going to be some fun stuff. So make sure you tune in. All right. Enough of that. Moving right along. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back again to the OGGN Spotlight, Kayla Ball. And we are here at, here again, we're here again at uh, my new favorite place, the Texas Tea Tavern. And I meant to ask the guy um, if they named it for Texas Tea. Like, it's not spelled, I mean, it's spelled a T, but, but did not they name like the it? the drink tea. Or like Texas, you know, like black gold, Texas tea. Like, yeah. did they name it for oil? I don't know. Because that would be cool if they did. Anyway. Kayla, thanks for uh, coming over here and uh, <laughs> hanging out, which I, I didn't realize, but you have a whole legacy at this place, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm almost a regular. I would not be surprised to see my face behind the bar one day. That's why the that's why the parrot keeps chirping at you, because he, he, he's like, it's her again. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> She's a sucker for animals. I know it. So the difference between this episode and the last one that I did over here is that it's a little bit busier. So we have a little bit more, uh, it's li- it, the, the locals are a little bit more festive today, but I think that's okay. I think it's a motley crew. All of our, um, so faithful listeners, just pretend that you're hanging out at the Texas Tea Tavern. And, um, and I have to also confess that we're not like hugely prepared for this conversation because you got here and then you said, I have to leave soon. <laughs> So, I've got three kids, Michael. Happy <laughs> hours are very, very, very concise for me. <laughs> very, very efficient, efficient happy hours. Yes. All right, so let's talk about. All right, so we, so, uh, so you're almost sort of like a regular contributor now. So yeah. I don't know if I have to do the whole like who you are and everything, but. Um, um, but you're still at Valadier, yeah. And uh, you're moving into a new office that you signed the lease. So you're moving out of the Canon. We're moving out of the Canon. Out of the fabulous Canon. How? I We're mean, like a real company now. You're a real company. You got a real. They gave you a lease. We're financially stable enough to lease office space. It's every startup's dream. I I, I, I one time uh, was working with a company, a startup, probably same around the same. Uh, how long? How long you guys been? Three years, something like that. Yeah. Three years. Okay. It's about the same progress into it. But they were from a, another country. I don't want to say where because that'll give it away. But they were from another country, and um, and the first thing they said was, and they didn't have any people here in Houston yet. Oh, I think they had one. Maybe they had one hire in Houston, and they said we want to get a we want to get an office. And when I explained to them that, like, they probably weren't going to be able to get a lease. Right, because they had no credit in yeah. the U.S. and yeah. right, and they were like, they were dumbfounded. They were like, "How come we can't? What do you mean we can't get an office? Like, it's not." And even if you're here, I mean, it's it's not a it's not an easy process, right? To, yeah. For if you're a company, it's your first commercial lease. It's 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 difficult. Yeah, lots of office tours, lots of frogs before you find your prints. Well, yeah, sure, but also the approval. picture yourself being mugged in a parking <laughs> garage <laughs> in some of the locations. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have much time, so enough of the chit chat. Uh, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about. Um, so before we were, uh, so you mentioned that you guys are doing something interesting. Um, uh, not that this should be a uh, an infomercial for Balladier, but you guys are out there, kind of breaking ground with some new stuff. And so for those for those who maybe who don't remember from the last time we talked about this, you're in you're in midstream, and well, what, what what's the what's the like. The nutshell of what the you're nutshell. doing. 
Um, I mean, the nutshell is we're in upstream, midstream, and refining. Okay. We create soft sensors, and we also act as kind of a universal data layer for operations, commercial, accounting uh, type of data so that you can look at some pretty substantial problems that are across disciplines yeah, yeah. in one place and make more accurate decisions better, faster. Is that what you've been doing the whole time? Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I had a much narrower focus. It may be because we only talked about the pipeline stuff. Yeah, we did. We talked a lot about the pipeline, haven't talked much about the refining space. And then we got into upstream probably Q2 of 2021 because uh, oh, really? we, we did a lot of the data layer behind somebody's responsibly sourced gas transactions, lower emissions gas. I got you. Okay. All right. All right. Enough of that. So <coughs> the th- interesting thing that you mentioned earlier, uh, and we've talked, you know, digital twins have been, digital twins are in the conversation regularly now. Yeah. Um, even, even on this show, we've had digital twin episodes. And so, but, but what's kind of cool is it used to be, even just a year ago, whenever we talked about a digital, di- digital twin, it was most, you know, most of the conversation was focused on just understanding in principle what a digital twin is yeah. and how it can be beneficial and why you shouldn't roll your eyes when you hear that word, right? Yeah. Um, but now it's like we've, it's kind of cool that we've got, I think we've gotten past that to where it, it, not only is it reasonably well accepted, but they are, they're showing up in lots of places, right? And, yeah, and, we had, and there's I'm, a lot of variety. Well, yeah, there, it's kind of a useful tool that you can, you can um, apply to various disciplines and problems and things. Yeah. Um, and if you talk to, to uh, Hovard Ustensen at uh, Kongsberg Digital, he will tell you that someday all the twins will be connected into one <laughs> harmonious... Oh my God, that sounds like Skynet. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does sound like Skynet. Anyway, but what you're doing, Digital Twin, uh, is... The, or one of the the thing that, the thing you mentioned to me is yeah well. we may be a little bit more gritty in terms of the digital twin factory okay I think right. a lot of people when they hear digital twins they think of you know like a 3D model of an offshore platform that people can oh. train on and interesting yeah because I don't think of that so much I think yeah. more of the 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 data structures that allow you to essentially simulate the what's gonna what's really gonna happen in the real world yeah and you can simulate it different ways and so I think of a, of a digital twin as somewhere where you can do it in practice before you do it in the real world yeah right so well and I think also a lot of people hear digital twins and they hear like a duplicate right like a twin oh yeah there's two so now there's two of everything right in my entire asset base which but which it fits into the oil and gas industry like perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're definitely on the remote operations side of okay. digital twins. Right. So what we can do is take the real-time measurement equipment, mm-hmm. uh, any type of meter that's measuring density or like one single property. Right. And because we have this vast data that we sit on top of because of all Was of our customers. Vast or fast? Vast. Vast. Huge data. It's huge. 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 It's huge. <laughs> huge data. data. Okay. Because we sit on top of the data, we can train the digital twin models to be better. <laughs> oh We're going to need uh, some help over here. I might have a drinking problem. 
<laughs> and not in the drinking problem, in like the hand-eye coordination to get hand-eye. the beer well, to your mouth. I was just, spilling. I was so fascinated by your story that I just missed the mark. Yeah, there. digital anyway, twins ruined an iPhone go today. Go home smelling like old beer. It's perfect. All right. Anyway, so the okay, meter. Okay, so we will hook into physical equipment that's doing a lot of measurement or single property measurement out at these facilities. And we will take the soft sensors and build models that can extrapolate other data points because of the data that we sit on top of. Okay, so so pause. So for those who maybe uh, aren't up with the whatever the latest lingo is, yeah. soft sensor. What it, it's pretty interchangeable for a digital twin, just on a smaller scale of like a physical meter that's taking a measurement. A lot of people will call that quote unquote digital twin a soft sensor. So it's not a physical sensor that you've got plugged in to the facility. It's a virtual so sensor. So what's it sensing exactly? What's it, the input to the sensor? It will it will give you predictions on flow rate. No, no, that's the output. What's the, what's the input? Like what's coming into the sensor that's not a sensor? Oh, the physical meter data. Oh, you take okay. all the historical physical meter data, I gotcha. and then you can compare all of the physical meters that you have access right, right, to, right, 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 right. and you can say, okay, this so density s- read is correlated to a vapor pressure read on this piece of equipment, therefore right. you can predict va- vapor pressure with density. So the soft sensor is a piece of software <laughs> that is reading the data that the hard sensor already read. And then, all right, so this fits right in with the... Until you train it. And so once you get it trained, right. it will actually give you the prediction of what the data is before the physical sensor will. Okay, so so the, in the, the order of operations yes. is that whatever the, s- the substance is, it's coming through the real meter. Mm-hmm. And then it leaves the real meter and that meter logs the data somewhere. Yep. Um, in the historian or whatever it is. Yeah. Do they use historians? In data the, historians, still a buzzword. Is yes. it still a thing? And, uh, and so it logs the data. Then sitting over here is your soft sensor reading what has already happened. It gets smart. And based on what it sees happening in the, in the, in the near past, mm-hmm. it says, hey, this is what you can expect to be happening in the near future. Yes. And, and then what does it do with that? And then what happens? It depends on what the company wants to do with it. So we've done everything from just send alerts, you know, hey, things are about to get off spec where they wouldn't normally see that until the end of the month. Okay, so pause, off spec. I know what this means because you explained it last time, but if I remember correctly, so you're expecting, this is is in the part of the business where what's flowing through that meter is supposed to be a certain composition of chemicals yep. or materials or whatever. A certain API gravity. But it's but it's but it's not always. No. Like it's supposed to be, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> so and, and and this is stuff that in this case it's not stuff that like you're pulling out of the ground. It's stuff that you bought from somebody, right? Like it's coming in from somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, it's it's, it's stuff part of that a transaction. Yeah, it's stuff that you've bought from the producer. Okay. So so, so it's not... And you're paying the producer yeah. for a certain grade. So I can see where now you can use this data to go remedy that situation, right? Yeah, like we do that. a lot of custody transfer disputes where the producer's like, yeah, for sure, I delivered this API gravity in this volume, here's the truck receipt, and then when it hits the meter, you're like, oh, that was not that API gravity or that volume. How much should we actually pay them so that we're not losing money? 
so so part of the so one use case for this uh, this this soft smart meter <laughs> is is uh, is that it lets you go back and fuss at the people that need to be fussed at and renegotiate where you're going to write. Yeah, way way more accurate allocations. But but the other thing I think what you mentioned before is. It, so what do we do with this stuff that's off spec? Do we just throw it away or can we fix it? Yeah. Right? Well, because most of the things in the industry are done with blending or batching. So I recently got a Vitamix, by the way, speaking of blending. <laughs> if you've ever it used any you. other... You're wearing a cardigan and I just love that we've gotten to the point in our age where... We don't care. You're wearing a cardigan. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're talking Wait a minute. about a Vitamix mixer. All, all, all the... <laughs> All the cool kids are wearing cardigans these days. <laughs> you could probably spot three of them around here. <laughs> so we used to have so much fun. <laughs> yeah, back back then. Um, uh, okay, so anyway, Vitamix will change your life. I'm yeah. just telling you. Yeah. Um, what am I saying? Oh, also blending. Blending, blending. So, so the point I'm getting at is when when the stuff is off spec. Do they, they don't just throw it away, right? No. So they so they have to like repair it. Yep. You can blend it with other things to put it back on spec. To where it's supposed to be. So so the so now the output of the digital of the of the soft sensors using the digital twin tells you what you need to do to fix it. Yeah, we can hook into the it's called a process control unit. I've heard of those. Yeah. And it will automatically inject other commodities to get everything back on spec so you can inject butane into the stream and it's immediately back on spec oh so into the stream into the stream so it's not like we got to take all the all the bad stuff and put it over here and deal with it later you're just like you're handling it on the fly yeah on the fly that is that's got to impress some people it's i mean is there anything like that it's has there ever been anything like that or is that like there have i just everything has been very manual and equipment based and then human intervention based yeah. and I think people have finally gotten to the state where there's enough data there's enough safety at risk where people are more inclined to automate their process control units yeah right 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 well and um, okay so so the um, so the wherewithal to to inject stuff into the stream and get it back on track has been there for a while. Yeah. Right. Um, but it was someone going out and physically turning. Right. The valves. Well, and are they what like in the so they're like constantly crunching numbers and looking at stuff and. Yep. So the delay alone means you lose you lose product, right? Right. Or do you capture that and save it for later to fix? A lot of historical things have just burned it off. Just right. flare it. Ah. Oh. So right away, it's better for the environment. Yeah. Just, just like that. Boom. Yeah. Um, I mean, every time you drive by a facility and you see the flare stack burning, right. like they're just burning cash. This is garbage, right? So, yeah. They're, all right. So now you can do it. Uh, um, yeah. So, so, the, so it, it, not only is it instantaneous, but mm-hmm. you're actually predicting that it's about to happen. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like minority report. Yes. You Very, can, you yes. can predict the criminal in advance. Well, yeah. And, and if you think about how these things typically happen, like we worked with a customer where they were just balancing at the end of the month. Because it seems really easy when I describe it. All of this stuff is happening 24 hours a day. 
Yeah, right. Commodities are flowing 24 hours a day yeah, yeah, through yeah, the supply yeah. chain. Right, right. And so to do it at the end of the month, we did the back calculation. Once we had all the data, they were losing 500 grand a month because they weren't blending to spec wow. and they were overpaying their producers. Yeah, I have to work multiple months for that. <laughs> so. Multiply that by twelve. That's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of cash. Yeah, six million bucks. Um, all right, so let all right, so let's talk about this predicting thing because this is fascinating. Because I'm trying to just imagine in my simple brain. Um, so the reason why all of a sudden why something's going to be off spec, it seems to me like what causes something to be off spec is kind of unpredictable because it's something that originates somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So in other words, let's say, let's say I've got uh, like water flowing through, like flowing out of my sink, right? It's water, it's water, it's water, it's water. All of a sudden there's a bunch of dirt in the water because something somewhere happened and now that dirt has reached me and then the dirt clears and it's water again. What on earth about what about that data is gonna tell me when another dirt claw is gonna come down the thing? Like, it, like, how do you, how do you, how do you predict? Like, I, I can't get my head around that. What, do, what there, do you use to, to predict? Yeah, there are correlations for everything. There's a correlation for density to vapor pressure, density to temperature, density to flow rate, all of these things, and it's. When I explain it to the venture capital community or, or Silicon Valley teams, it is very much um, eye-opening that the molecule does not have a fingerprint, right? The yeah, fingerprint sure. never changes. Right, okay? right. The molecule, once you get it out of the ground and flow it through the rest of the supply chain, is constantly changing. And the properties associated with it are constantly changing too. So if you even think about an externality, com commodity price, based on how the spreads are trading, you may get more profit blending to a lower API gravity uh, at a certain portion of the month than blending to a higher API gravity at a certain portion of the month. And every compositional parameter you can derive a correlation of the others. So it's kind of like a great equalizer in a way, because if you think about some of these assets. Yeah, 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 I like got Like I've you. looked at some of these things and companies are telling us like, well, the last time we sampled on, on that pipeline was a year ago. Yeah, okay, I get it. So, and, and, and you just introduced another interesting like piece of the yeah. puzzle, which is not only am I looking at what's happening and trying to predict whether I'm going to be on spec or not, and I can do that based, like you said, some of these correlations begin to change a little bit, and that tells me that something else is coming, and so it's okay now, but it's not going to be okay, right? Mm -hmm. but, but not only am I predicting what's happening with my incoming and whether it's going to stay on spec, but I'm also looking at what uh, what my what my target is and that might be changing and so because like you said it might be better to blend based on what's happening with the market so my spec might actually be it could be a moving target or I might want it to be a moving target yes. I, might, I might want to so now um, I'm like playing both 
both ends against each other, right? Yeah. And trying to come up with a, so the great equalizer, like you said. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So where does the data come from that says like what's happening in the commodities market? That we just subscribe to third-party commodity indexes. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, I, so and we not, integrate it into the platform so that you can see it. Right, right, right. So then. Um, yeah, I said, where does the data come from? But what I meant was, like, where does the logic and the decision-making, like, like who, who gets to say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, change the blend because of what's happening? Or The operator. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So do they get, like, you give them a Still set of recommendations or something? <laughs> Still a human element. We, uh, we give them, like, a little confetti burst on the screen when they oh, make yeah? a good decision. <laughs> we give them a hand that's, wave when they make a bad decision. That is so... Well, if you that think about so it, now. <clears throat> what was interesting to me when I first started talking to a lot of our customers was there still is kind of a single decision maker that everything rolls up to out of these facilities. Right. That person has to go the grand to like seven or eight different systems, different people. Anytime something is off, it starts to, it's like a game of whack-a-mole. It's like, oh, is this a measurement issue? Let's check with the measurement team. Oh, oh yeah. is this a quality issue? Let's check with the quality Meanwhile, team. stuff is flowing, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, <I> mean, <laughs> Meanwhile, by the time you figure it out, it's probably already out of the It doesn't facility. matter. It doesn't matter. It's a whole new problem coming yeah. down, the, down the pipe, yeah. as it were. Um, interesting. So what? Uh, um, so when you go out and you talk to people about this, mm-hmm. this is the business development part of me coming out. Do they believe you? It takes a lot of convincing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It takes a lot of convincing. And even if you convince the people in, like in the conference room that the actual like the operator out there is you got to convince them, right? It's almost like a psychological behavior experiment in a couple ways because Ooh. oil and gas a lot is of still going very much right I know. <laughs> oil and gas is still very much a consensus driven oh, yeah. business. Yeah, well, nobody right? wants to be on the hook for the, the only person on the hook for the, de- yeah. the decision, yeah. right? So, yeah. And everyone can agree on, yes, we think this is the right thing to do. And then the topic of the budget comes up. Well, how do you split this across five different business units? Because right. everyone's going to be using the, it. The deal's off because we can't we can't do the paperwork and Well, and a lot right? of it, I mean, it's the same thing that we saw with Upstream. I remember when mm-hmm. machine learning and data science came into Upstream. And I'm a geologist, so I'm also a skeptic at heart. Right. I was like, absolutely no way ever is this going to happen. Yeah. And it took me like two months. And then I got whiplashed and figured out like, oh, oh yeah. yes, yeah. it actually can work. And it can it work. works and gets me home in time for dinner. So <laughs> let's use it. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is, um, I mean, hopefully as an industry, we're beginning to get over this whole concern about computers replacing people, right? Well, and it's it's definitely shifted away from like a, oh my God, the machine's going to take my job, Skynet type of hysteria. Right. And it has gone into a, most of the personalities you're still dealing with are engineers by trade. Yeah. Engineers. Yeah. And I say this as, you know, a person who failed out of engineering school because I'm not that great at math. <laughs> That's why I'm a geologist. So you're a geoscientist, <laughs> yes. Ge- geologist and not a geophysicist, <laughs> yeah. right? No math yeah. for this girl. Yeah, I got um, you. Wow. You know, it comes down to uh, people want to know how the models work. They tangibly want to understand. I have a series of events and a series of points. What happens in this kind of quote-unquote black box 
Right. Because I'm ma- I'm still the one that's accountable for the decision on the other end. Well, well, a perfect example is 10 minutes ago, that's exactly where my brain went, right? I started breaking down all the parts and trying to figure out, okay, but how are you doing that and where and how and mm-hmm. right, yeah. And what are the inputs? Yeah, what are the inputs? And draw the equation out for me on the whiteboard. Listen, I'm not I I uh, I did not fail out of engineering school. I was pretty I was smart enough not to even approach <laughs> approach anything that involved math. Um, at least not at least not the fancy math that's got letters in it. I'm okay yeah. as long as there's only numbers, but yeah. once you get letters, whew, gets a little bit crazy. So, um, okay, so uh, yeah, but let's, okay, so let's, how much time we got? You got to go? We're, 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 we're probably getting close. I got nine minutes. You got nine minutes. Okay. Um, all, all, of, all of my faithful listeners are going, oh, thank God, only nine more minutes. <laughs> um, For you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we do talk, so everything that we talk about nowadays um, does sort of cross into this culture issue. Um, and you've been around uh, uh, long enough. I mean, uh, and so we were just getting to that. But talk about that a little bit more because are we getting to the point where, like, as an industry, we're overcoming the problem of not being able to change our culture and our habits? Like, not on any particular thing, but do you think that we're getting sort of better at being able to change and adopt and, and all of that? Or are we still kind of... The, the way we've always been. I definitely think we're getting better and we're getting more proactive about making some of these decisions and less worried about the operational risk and kind of counter effects to what we're deciding. Yeah. I think if you look at the oil and gas industry historically, it's had the largest capex budgets of any industry. Anything, and so you're right, going to yeah. get a lot of people showing up to your office, showing up to your door, trying to pander their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of human time to validate and verify what's right, what's wrong, what's scalable, what's cost effective. Because at the end of the day, it's still a for-profit industry. Yeah, well, right. I feel like a lot of the pressure is still like, you know, make the environment better. At the end of the day, these companies get paid on selling production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Selling commodities. And let's let's not forget that... uh, there's as as much pressure has been put on the industry in the last few years about energy transition and carbon capture and all that. There's been an equal amount of pressure about things like free cash flow, yeah. right? And just financial measures that have not made investors happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it, it's it's a huge. I mean, there's a lot of risk. There. Yeah. Well, and I think it also takes a special relationship of like mutual appreciation. So. I often have conversations with customers that bring us in and they say, you know, should we put a sulfur analyzer at, at this point of our network? And we will run the ROI calculator. I don't make sulfur analyzers. I don't recommend specific sulfur analyzers. I'm equipment agnostic. Right, right. But I can help them calculate an ROI on, sure, you could spend that money. Are you going to make that money back in gains or cost savings? Probably not at this portion of your asset. Let's look at other areas where it might work. And there's not a lot of companies that will, you know, ingrain that in their core values of find the truth first, get to the truth, whether it's 
for profit for us or for profit for someone else or for cost savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get to the truth. I, it's turning into sort of an ACDC event, I think. I told you, it's a Motley Crew, man. <laughs> we started with Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, well, when you first got here, it was... Uh, it was yeah, it like was, Motown. Uh, it was, it was uh, a brick house and... Uh, September. Anyway, um, yeah. No, that's a good. It's an interesting point of let's find the truth first. We, we always sort of the, the tendency in this industry has always been to operate from the point of what we know, yes. or what we think we know, or what we've always known, or what yeah. we've always done. So that's always our like our orientation point, and then we go from there. But I wonder. I don't know. I think. I, I think there's. I think people. I think it's changing. I think just. Um, I think the industry being forced being forced to look at this digital transformation thing, right? When yeah. when all else failed, I guess, you know, we're going to have to look at that. Um, it seems like there's more, and I, I think it depends on what, what company, you know, different companies. Some yeah. companies are probably more... Yeah, I mean, it's just like the the life cycle of adoption. There's going to be first movers. Yeah. And then there's going to be laggards well, always. But as long as you can find like one playbook that worked and is repeatable for others, yeah, yeah. they will jump on board where it used to be like, okay, let's take another year to see how it plays out. No, most of the time, if someone finds something that works in the month of January, they're willing to implement it by March. Right, 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 right. Well, that's a whole other thing too. We talk about this about time to value getting things done so I mean there's no there's no uh, tolerance anymore for the two year programs no. or, or the 20 year programs no. or whatever, they, whatever they were you know I think some people are still implementing and... SAP but besides that <laughs> yeah I mean, well and some... like if you look at the workforce in oil and gas it's very lean compared to what it was in mm, 2012 yeah. 2013 absolutely yeah yeah that's true that's true good alright how are we doing let's see well we've we have we've uh we have filled up 29 minutes of, of program time, so I think that counts. We can, I think it counts. We can wrap it up. I think we can wrap it up. So, so good luck with the new office. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm you'll expect, come by. I'm expecting an invite, yeah. To, In the true startup culture, you yeah. know, we will have a fridge of beverages. Sure. We'll have an Xbox. An X, I, see, I'll, this, I'll get you a fine leather couch that you can come. Right. See, I, don't, I wouldn't know what to do with the Xbox, but I know what to do with the couch. That is, <laughs> Well, maybe we'll get you one of those Oculus headsets, and I could make like a viral video of you. Yeah, I I feel like if I were to put on an Oculus headset, the internet would explode with the the memes that would be. <laughs> you would so uh, yeah. you would get so memed. Like it would like it was just I'd break the internet. Honestly, uh, that's my worst nightmare as a human, and of all the the things that could go poorly for me in my life, my biggest fear is being, being memed. <laughs> What does that say about my generation? <laughs> like, please don't meme me. Whatever you do. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That does that. Yeah. That, that's probably a good place. <laughs> See, the problem now is now somebody's gonna meme you because you just told that. I to, know. You just told that to like ten thousand people. It's already happened a couple times, yeah. just not on a large scale. Okay. In public. All right. We'll try to keep it contained. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll get you on your way. I'll come by. Let me know. I'll I'll come by and visit the uh, yeah. the office, and uh, they'll, they'll miss you at the cannon. I'm sure. It will be much quieter. <laughs> it will be much quieter, and and you won't have to walk so far to get no. there. So that'll no. be good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kayla. Thanks, Michael. 
Ah, there you had <laughs> coming in uh, cold. There you have it, folks. Um, and, and you know, this is the part where I usually like to say a couple of words about you know whatever it was that we were just talking about in this episode. Um, but to be honest, I don't remember. I'm recording this later, and I don't remember what Kayla and I talked about. But I hope. But I hope it was good for you. So, uh, and, and as I mentioned, we are going to be kicking off this new show, this new uh, live stream video show uh, next month in, in March. So, uh, so keep an eye out for that. And we are going to wrap it up for today because it's even colder right now than it was just a few minutes ago when I told you how cold it was. So uh, the, the, the temperature is dropping like a rock, as they used to say. I don't know if people still say that, but we used to say it's dropping like a rock. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for supporting uh, this show and OGGN. And uh, remember, uh, if you like this podcast, uh, you can listen to Oil & Gas Digital Doers, which is also hosted by yours truly. And we it also f- f- looks at technology, but more about the stories of people who are actually getting digital done and, and what's happening there. Um, and, and any of the other OGGN. OGGN podcast, which you can learn all about. Uh, you can go to OGGN.com. You can see them all there. and Or you can you can look at Apple Podcasts if you're an Apple person. And we got a channel. You can see it all. Anyway, you know how to find them. So, uh, so check out the other shows. And uh, that's it. Thanks to the uh, OGGN crew for all the hard work, most especially my audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman. And remember... Well, you know what? I'm just going to let you do your own bit here. So you know what comes next. So fill it in. Fill in this space with whatever, however you want it to go. So, you know, I'll give you a few minutes. You know, whenever you hear somebody saying, and we all say together, we were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.